This is Rebecca. And this is Brandon. We are a couple of theater nerds who like watching movies. And like talking about movies. Uh, and then disagreeing <laughs> on them. I don't know. I got so caught up wondering if you did your line right that I did my line wrong. <laughs> Anyways. So, uh, so join us as we discuss the movies we have just seen and will inevitably disagree on. This is the Drive Home Reviews podcast. And it feels more natural now that we've messed it up again. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so the way that we've been recording lately, you know, because of work and, and kids, it being summertime, uh, we have kind of stacked episodes. Yeah. We've, we've... Right. So, you know, we've like, we'll record a couple and then set them up to... Uh, release at future days. So it's been a couple of weeks uh, since we recorded anything. And since then, there have been several celebrity deaths mm. that are kind of... Um, always, this, is, this is such a weird thing to, to harp on. I always like considering it passings or... I don't know. It always seems weird to me when I see the the notifications on Yahoo. I'm like, so-and-so dead. Like, it's just so... I don't know. What I mean, because it changes it by saying passing. I guess. I mean, um, you're probably right. It's, it's, a, it's just a death is all that yeah. it is. Um, anyways, okay, so there's been several celebrities that have passed away that I would have considered, um, you know, maybe not super A-list or ones that you may have heard of, but or... Um, pretty pretty up there a lot of a lot of great character actors have, have passed away in uh in the last couple months and weeks uh treat williams yes uh i know i believe his was a motorcycle accident wasn't it i think you're right yeah uh he's been around forever like i remember i think the first thing that i can really remember treat williams in was this uh wb or CW, I guess, I don't know what it was at the time, um, teen melodrama, uh, where they were in the small town in Colorado. Do you know what I'm talking about? I I mean, <laughs> I, I think I need a little bit more. It's not that that's Everwood. Not just... It was called Everwood. 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 And he was a doctor, and, you know, his son was kind of troubled, you All know. All of those, like early 2000s WB melodramas right. kind of run together but yeah 2002 I think is when this one started and it, I mean it had several people in it Emily Van Camp Gregory Smith uh who um I always remember because I would get him and oh what is his name the British one who played Xavier Patrick Stewart no no, obviously not Patrick Stewart. Well, I don't know. The young version of Patrick Stewart. Oh, James McAvoy. McAvoy. I always yeah. get him and James McAvoy mixed up. They look very similar, but um, but Chris Pratt actually was that was one of his first big roles was in Everwood as well. Oh. Um. So yeah, I remember by that. But Treat Williams was around forever. He went back to hair, didn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. So I uh, like that one was I he. That's the one that you don't really expect. Um, well, you were you were just talking about uh, 
Julian Sands. Well, Julian Sands, yeah. Uh, Julian Sands, of course, he's been missing for some time after a hiking trip, I believe. Yeah. And his remains were, were just found, um, and which was incredibly sad. He was um, pretty young. What do you remember Julian Sands from? Oh, just, I, I, he's, he's one of those actors I remember from just popping up here. He had such a distinctive face and voice. Of course, when you ask me, you know, what do I remember <laughs> him from, you completely draw a blank. But he's one of those guys that, again, he, he just had a very distinctive face. I just remember he that. He was one of those character actors that was in so many things and when you saw him you're like oh that guy yeah but he was an i mean such he, a he was one of those he was one of those that guys yeah there are, there are certain people guys and gals in hollywood character actors that are just kind of the that guy yeah or that girl that mm -hmm. you know from everything but if you ever try to like pinpoint them you you don't remember their names you don't remember uh, well, he face. goes back to the 80s and he's like, I mean, when you talk about a prolific actor, he's been actively working for so long um, and then doing things like, I want to say he was the lead in Boxing Helena. So like really interesting kind of work, mm. not, not, um, not your run in the mill. He's not a Tom Cruise. No, he's he's doing things that are maybe a little bit more interesting that you wouldn't necessarily call a blockbuster, but um, are definitely um, more heartfelt, I think, and and mm. works of art than I would say a lot of stuff was. Um, of course, one of the big ones, uh, Alan Arkin, who, who just passed away. Today, as we are recording this, yeah, now that's a guy that I know from a lot of things, mm -hmm. and and then a lot. He he's one of these guys that uh, he like I said he was working very steadily, but it seems like he really had a gain a second wind later in life. He won his yeah. Oscar for Little Miss Sunshine. He like steals the show in Argo, which rhymes. <laughs> Um, he was in Get Smart with Steve Carell. Like he was. I mean, and I he, mean, he was in um, shows up like this year. Yeah, he was still doing stuff. He was almost ninety. Well, the first thing I remember him in, uh, and it's so funny because you know you watch it now, you can it again because he gained so much notoriety as an older older man. Um, the, but the thing I I first saw him in was The Rocketeer. Oh my gosh. Like way back in the day. Um, but yeah, oh my God, he was so funny and just, like I say, stole every movie he was in. Right. Uh, yeah, so like he's even did uh, some voice work. The, his last credit on IMDb was The Minions, uh, oh, actually. So yeah. Um, another, another loss, uh, Miss Glinda Jackson, well known. Uh, British actor, of course. For me, uh, this sounds ridiculous, um, but you know, it's the same way. I uh, it's the first way I was ever exposed to in the Navy, and um, you know, uh, 
uh, we get around. Uh, but I for I first knew Linda Jackson from her appearance on the Muppet Show. Oh gosh, where she was. Uh, where, <laughs> I had no idea where that was for going. Reasons unknown. She was like a pirate, and she like turned the theater into like a pirate ship. It was she, like hijacked the theater and like turned it into I mean, a pirate why not? ship. It was amazing, and that I like I, I've seen her in several things since, but. Um, the one I will always remember is, it's her in the pirate ship. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, quite a time of, yeah. of people passing. Uh, one more that I'll just cover. Cause again, we don't want to, we could be here forever just doing everybody who's passed away. Um, but another great character actor, uh, Ray Stevenson, hmm. um, who, uh, played, Volgar, I can't. He's the big guy in the Thor movies. He was, uh, he was the second Punisher for the Punisher War Journal. However many people remember that movie, uh, he just had some role in one of the new Star Wars shows, which apparently everybody really liked. I don't know because I've, I've kind of given up on Star Wars, but that's beside the point. But uh. another one of those really great character actors who, um, especially in these last couple years, really. Uh, well, he was really only fifty-eight, it. and yeah. I've, as far as I, as far as I know, they haven't really found a cause of death um, for him. So, the, which is, you know, one of the things we were talking about was you expect someone like Alan Arkin or Glenda Jackson, you expect those kind of deaths, um, but then you have the deaths like Julian Sands or uh, Ray Stevenson that are kind of um, unusual. Brittany Murphy is one that comes to mm, mind. Yeah. You know, um, well, uh, you know, don't not, not one to <coughs> open up too many old wounds here, but Chadwick Boseman. True. When that hat, when that news hit, nobody was expecting it. Well, true, but he, that wasn't, um, I'm, I mean, more like mysterious, mysterious uh, kind of deaths as opposed to like, um, yeah, Chadwick Boseman, it did come out of the blue, but it was, not like he he had advanced um mm. cancer so um whereas like britney murphy there's still uh different theories about how she passed away especially considering her um her husband died in almost the exact same manner mm. not long after her death so um yeah so there are some some unusual unusual deaths that uh, are in the 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 stratosphere and to have a couple in just the last couple of months uh, with Julian Sands and Ray Stevenson is is a little unusual. Mm. Um, I think about Bob Saget last year. Yeah, because that one, mm-hmm. you know, like you say, people were still not quite sure what was. No, I think the last the last thing I read said something about um, he had had a head injury early on and then mm. it like kind of bled into his brain. And, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so we're trying like we like to remember the the good memories of the celebrities that have passed. Um, kind of recognize the ones that are not maybe the biggest names yeah in the in the zeitgeist but still 
you know, put in their time, put in their work and, and will, deserve recognition. I want to bring up one, one more before we, and, and kind of along what you were saying of lesser known, uh, another celebrity, I guess, quote unquote, somebody we lost around March, uh, a director by the name of Bert I. Gordon, who most people probably don't know unless you're a fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Because Bird Eye Gordon direct was like the king of the B movies. Ah. He was the king of the drive-in monster movies. Uh, uh, Village of the Giants, Tormented, The Amazing Colossal Man. You know, beginning of the end. And um, and while I love Mystery Science Theater and his movies are kind of highlights of that of that show, I think it's unfair to kind of classify him as a lot of people have with. Uh, some of the other directors they featured a lot on there is this kind of talentless hack. I think he had a lot of talent and I think he did a lot with the budgets he had and, you know, the special effects that were available to him. Right. Um, he's one of those guys. I think he's kind of a step up from Ed Wood that when I watch a bird eye Gordon movie, I really see the love for the movie in it. He's right. had, you can tell that he's having fun making this movie. And I, I will take that over a million, you know, soulless box office, you know, uh, <laughs> Hollywood blockbusters. I will take a film where someone is clearly having fun, like almost every time. And I, I so I, I, I kind of wanted to bring that up. Of course, a lot of people have passed. We could sit here and go through all of them. But I just on that topic of kind of lesser known people who deserve that, uh, that moment... Hang on, the Ziggy is... Uh, is... Hey, Alexa, uh, alarm off. <laughs> Raw, uncut. <laughs> if uh, we had a producer, they would edit that out. <laughs> uh, sorry, we are baking potatoes. That's baking potatoes. Anyway, speaking of having fun, soulless blockbusters, <laughs> uh, let's we're going to get into a discussion of the latest Indiana Jones movie after this. And be warned, there will be spoilers. Yes, we, we have to talk about spoilers. So if you want to see it pure, uh, untouched, virginal, then do that and then come back and listen to us. Hey. We're going to, we're going to ruin it. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. I'm more back and you will be happy to know I have turned over the potatoes <laughs> and they will continue baking. Uh, uh, I know you were all on the edge of your seats. <laughs> I have to say, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this because we are doing this review old school drive home review style. Right. Meaning we have just watched the movie and we're giving you our raw, uncut, off the cuff no thinking it through or planning it out review. Okay, you got a little excited there, honey. Wipe the drool. <laughs> um, so, yes. You know, uh, Brandon, when he was doing the, because, of course, he originated the Drive Home Reviews podcast uh, seven years ago. Yeah. And he would record them on his way home from the movie theater. Well, we now currently live a mile if that from I the mean, movie theater, I mean, I, that, that, that <laughs> really wouldn't have stopped me because I you would just drive around. I would like the, the movie theater was literally five minutes from my house and right. my apartment, so I just drove around the block 
for 20 minutes until yes, I, I think it. More <laughs> apt is the fact that we now are in a two-parent or two-parent, two-working person household where we don't always necessarily have the chance that's to true that is, that is very true um, for that amount of time and uh but right now we we just got home from yep. from watching uh indiana jones <clears throat> and the dial of destiny which i still think just does not sound like an actual movie yeah it it's... sounds like a phone commercial <laughs> like <laughs> yeah expect any moment for someone to pop up like well indy if you don't want to get charged for your long distance calls then <laughs> you need to you need the dial of destiny of course we don't use phones like that anymore but remember, I don't, do you remember like dial down the center for 1-800 collect or like, dial down the center you know that was like oh, their big no. catchphrase no i don't remember the <laughs> dial down the center um oh yeah i do remember though like when i first went off to college oh gosh 2000 early 2000s um not having a cell phone and like literally like having the the long distance uh i would get those long distance phone, phone cards, cards? I yeah use with those. the minutes I and use I, those. Would, I had that memorized man yeah like because you had to dial in the number and then like a 16 digit yeah <laughs> Code. I, re I remember that i had my phone card memorized i used a couple of those when i went on Ooh. on college trips to call home now i can barely remember my own phone number <laughs> uh, We're all, we are off on a tangent anyways let's talk but, indie uh <clears throat> okay so let's talk your history with indiana jones okay um my history is a lot is very similar to a lot of people my age's history with indie um he was a mainstay of your movie watching rotation back in the eighties. I think the first one I saw in the theater, uh, was Indiana Jones and the last crusade with, uh, Sean Connery, which is my favorite indie movie. It's because um, Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. Leonardo DiCaprio is not in it. Is that Jonathan Brandis? Who it is, is that? not Jonathan. It's, it's, it's who is River, it? River Phoenix. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, Leonardo DiCaprio? Really? Oh my goodness. I just got all my blonde 90s heartthrobs mixed up. You did. Holy crap. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, you know, it was it, it's a movie that's made... It, the original three are movies that were made to age well. The, 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 the action is still fun. The character is still energetic and entertaining. The situations he got in, he gets into, and the way he gets out of them are still heart pounding. Um, those original three were made to last, you know. I think a lot like when you're making a period piece like that, those you can make them like that to last. Mm. Whereas if you have something that's set in the two thousands, it's going to age, you know. Um, so yeah, I think the period pieces like that are, are made to, to last. Um, of course this has been a point of contention with, the the youngest daughter <laughs> and, uh, Brandon is that you have insisted that there were only three movies up to this point and the fourth was just released. That's right. Um, uh, there are only three Indiana Jones movies <laughs> until now. And anybody who thinks differently, it has a fever dream. Because if you think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull exists, you're wrong. It 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 
faded from existence. Oh my goodness, that was I, oh that was God. a hot mess. I saw. I, I told you this story, but what I, what I remember most about that movie is that it came out the exact same year as the sequel movie to the X Files. The X Files, I want to believe, was released the same year, and I, that was like one of the first years I was living in Tennessee. And a friend of mine and I went and watched both movies, and we left uh, the X Files going. It wasn't about aliens, <laughs> and then we left Indiana Jones going. It was about aliens, right. like <laughs> like that. Though I feel those things got reversed, you know. So we start this movie with um, indie set, like <clears throat> it's during the end, like the tail end of World War II. So 1944, um, he is trying to find the Lance of Christ. Uh, he's trying to steal it back from the Nazis, which we were discussing this earlier. What One of the ways that... Indiana Jones kind of toes the line of being problematic about, you know, stealing artifacts from different, you know, um, places in the world and putting them in museums is that in the Indiana Jones movie, he's not <clears throat> necessarily taking them from the indigenous people as much as rescuing them from Nazis. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to have to say no, because actually as I, as I'm thinking about it, no, as Raiders of the Lost Ark is opening up, he, he's stealing it to sell to a museum. Yeah. He's selling yeah. them, you know, and, and I, and he, and even at the beginning of uh, last crusade, I believe the cross that he's after, um, uh, he he's just stealing it from someone who is also stealing. It. He's it's been right. He's stealing um, it from the other tomb raider. Yeah, which is that that's the one where he replaces it with a bag of sand. No, no. that's the first one. Where okay. He does that. Um. So yeah. So he definitely toes the line with problem. I he nothing like that happens with him in in this one, uh, because I think that it would bring up too much discussion of, you know is indie problematic and of course indie is problematic um but um anyways we start off with him trying to steal these artifacts back from the nazis as the nazis are either taking off with them or completely destroying everything um and then mads mickelson is there as a scientist good old mads mickelson um boy can he play a creepy guy he yeah. Like, if you are going to get somebody to play a mad scientist, who else is there? Ironically, when... the only franchise he hasn't played a heavy in is Star Wars. Hmm. He was a, where he was a nice guy in Star Wars. <laughs> it was like, that, that kind of threw me off. It's like the first time I, I saw Sean Bean not playing a villain. <laughs> it's like, I was like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be mean. Uh, um, so then, you, of course, and then... Uh, he gets captured. His it's... friend Toby Jones is there. Um, I think if you're making a World War II prequel or something that you have to have Toby Jones. I think in it. you do. I think, especially you know, because you know, Captain America and um, yeah. But he plays yeah. a good guy in this one. 
Yeah, he does. So yeah, he's another one. I was waiting for him to betray him. I was waiting. It's like, is Toby Jones gonna be gonna be wormy? No, he's a nice guy. So we have all of this happening, and it's happening in 1944. And I, for a moment, I was nervous that we were gonna have to watch an entire movie with, um, Harrison Ford in CGI young face. Um, but luckily it's only, you know, the first, what do you say? 20 minutes of the movie? 20, like way too long. Yeah. Like, like because way too long. The fighting on top of the train really went over. Like it, it went on for too long. It's like, uh, and Indy is known for these long pre-credit sequences or not, not even pre-credit sequences, but like pre-action sequences, pre-thrust of the movie. I don't know what you'd call it. Pre-inciting incident action scenes this basically one basically just... starting off movies with a real big jump yeah so um and it did it just went on for too long and i i think it went on for too long in the dark yeah well that, i think that's to help hide the uh the cgi, CGI. right which okay uh we were talking about this earlier the cgi on his face didn't bother me as much as some of the other cgi yeah like there's a part where a missile falls through the house and they easily could have done that with this is with um, practical effects. This is a thing I'm going to say, and I realize that it is a very, no, is it? It is this a, is a thing I'm going to say. It's a very hypocritical thing. <laughs> okay. so I, I don't see where the line is. I was trying to justify my, this to myself in, you know, uh, in the theater. Cause I was thinking about that. And it's another thing I really love about the original three Indiana Jones movies is a lot of, just because it's what they had to do, a lot of it was practical effects. Practical effects, effects yeah. Miniatures, green screen. Right. And I feel like because those were handmade effects, they, they fit the tone of the indie films better than the CGI. For those who don't know, the Indiana Jones films, like Star Wars, were inspired by the cliffhanger movie serials of the 30s and 40s that George Lucas loved. They were, and in those things, the hero was always in over his head. It was always a, how you're going to get out of this latest predicament. And you can see that, especially in Raiders, how the film is almost divided up into chapters with cliffhangers at the end of each one. Hmm. Um, and I think because of the practical effects, it seems like it it, it was more in tune with that um, that inspiration because those had a lot of handmade effects, miniatures because you know they they didn't have budgets. And I think that's why in an Indiana Jones movie, I much prefer practical effects to CGI because I feel like it, it just makes it feel more grounded, even though the special effects in all the indie movies are crazy. I don't, I think half the time people aren't mad that the stunts are crazy. They're mad at the CGI and they just don't know it. So with the CGI here, like I tend to stand on the line of if you can do it with practical effects, like a big metal missile falling through the floor and taking a rug with it. Like that would not be hard to do with practical effects. Like a, a starting film student would be able to do that with practical <laughs> effects. Okay. Um, but 
if there's something that is like you cannot, you're not going to be able to do it when they're flying into the storm at the end. Like, I don't mind that because yeah. how are you going to recreate? Like, I, that yeah. looks really cool. It looks like a real storm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I had more issue with, with everything being CGI in the beginning than I did with um, his face. I, I think they actually did a pretty yeah. good job with the CGI. Yeah, but I, I think you even said it as we were leaving is the, the problem with extended periods of that is that it starts to look like a cutscene from a video game. Right. Because so much is CGI. Uh, you know, even the lead actor. So it starts looking... Nuts. Yeah. Or, or just there's a flatness to it that you just can't get right. rid of but know? luckily that was only like the first 20 minutes then he wakes up in the 60s 1969 yeah. i believe yeah like right um, after the apollo 11 astronauts return right so like you we have this it's still a period piece and it's a period piece that's i think in the 90s i feel like we saw a lot of movies from the 60s but it's kind of fallen out of fashion yeah and I really enjoy seeing movies set in the '60s. Well, I think it's what the, I mean. They kind of had to if they're if they're you know following Harrison Ford to now you know what age Where he age is and what age Indiana Jones would be at that. And I have to say, like Harrison Ford, for being the age that he is, how old is Harrison? Oh, Ford? I have no idea. Um, for being the age he is, at his first scene in the '60s. Um, has him being, you know, coming out of or coming out of a drunken sleep in his he's, boxers, and he is in really good shape. I mean, as good a shape as someone his age can be. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was born in 1942. <laughs> you know, so I mean, uh, how old does that make him? I don't. Don't ask me math. Uh, let me see. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Um, so anyway, while she's looking that up, let's just get back to this. So anyway, the, the 80, mecha- he's 80. <laughs> I mean, he still kind of has abs. Yeah, know? he did. He did. So, um, um, yeah, so we have him there and he's teaching at a college, you know, and he's disgruntled and grumpy. Yeah, and- you know, so, so, okay. So the important facts to know. So the, um, from when we last left him in that non-existent fourth film, right. Um, apparently his, his son played by Shia LaBeouf, uh, was killed in, in, uh, they didn't never say which war I'm assuming. I would assume the Korean. Yeah. Or it may have been Vietnam. I think that was going on at the time. So, um, so, but he shot, so Shia LaBeouf's character is dead. Which was, I think a really good way to kind of tie it up. Um, and of course he and Marion are are in the process of getting divorced out of mutual heartbreak. Um, so Indy's kind of at the, his lowest point right right now that we've ever seen him. So that's that's fact number one. Number two, the our magic MacGuffin this time, yes, is the Dial of Destiny. The Dial which, of Destiny, <laughs> um, which is supposedly a thing invented by Archimedes. Okay, that I have to stop you for a second. Okay, because I spent too much of the movie thinking that I wish that I had a dog so I could name him Barkamedes. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, continue on. Um, and that what it turns out. So brace yourselves here. Um, is that Archimedes in something, something BC invented this thing with math. His math was so good. Right. 
that he invented a thing that can detect temporal shifts and could help you time fishers time fishers and help you travel through time right well at first they thought that it could just predict the weather yeah and things like earthquakes but then toby jones's character actually goes kind of insane obsesses with it obsessed over it and he um realizes that it can detect time fissures as well but we he doesn't they don't find the entire dial of destiny they've only found half of it and they have to find this you gotta you have to find a tablet that's gonna tell you where the other half is so it's a like a multi-step process it's a it's a it's a multi-fetch quest yes you gotta go here and do a thing and then go there and do a thing and there'll be a lot of chase scenes right in the interim well and then we have who i would have never have picked phoebe waller bridge to be in an action movie like that Mm. would not be she did that show fleabag yeah um i never like i it never would have crossed my mind to put her in a in a movie like this but i think she did a great job she is yeah she's our new protege you know young kid you know she is you know, that's on the toby, adventure within the and toby jones's daughter and she is you know she saw this drive her dad crazy and instead of going in the archaeological i'm going to dig up things and take them to museum route she's decided that the only thing she can trust is money so she yeah. she's finding artifacts and auctioning them off. So yeah, so she's a criminal. She's a she's snide. She's and then we've got sardonic. the CIA following her. Yeah, but it turns out they're not the CIA. It's mad. No, no, no. Well, the CIA is there. Yes, but they're um, the CIA agent is played by Shawnette Renee Wilson, who is just one of the most beautiful women. <clears throat> she is on that <laughs> uh, show, The Resident. Um, but she is totally beautiful. The style in the, this, like her style is impeccable. Very Foxy Brown. Pam Greer, 1970s. Anyways, um, so she's a CIA agent and she is there. She has escorted Mads Mickelson and crew because he's supposed to receive a presidential. Well, he's Matt, he, Mads, Mads' character is, you know, kind of. T- playing off of the thing that after the war we gave refuge to a lot of scientists. Nazi scientists who then, and he's supposed to be that he's a science, he's a former Nazi scientist. Um, he's he, he, very hail Hydra. He's infiltrated his CIA with a bunch of his fellow countrymen and long story short, they want the dial of destiny so that they can go back in time and Mads wants it literally so he can kill Hitler and take Hitler's place. Right. Because he blames Hitler for them, for the Nazis losing the war. Well, not necessarily that. He thinks that by seeing the mistakes that Hitler made, that he can do it, quote unquote, correctly. And that um, if they can kill Hitler and blame it on the Allied forces, then the fervor of the people will carry them through. So I think right away, I think first thing as you gentle listeners can tell is uh, we have one of the first major problems 
this is a very convoluted fucking story. Right. It is. And I, I'm sorry. And I, 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 you can't help not like, I can expect that from a bond movie. It starts out with a theft of this. You go here and find out that it has something to do with this. You go here and the picture gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The longer you go. An Indiana Jones film is simple. Find the lost Ark before the Nazis do. But up, up, but up, up. And yes, he had to go to find Marion to get the thing for the top of the staff. But it's a pretty straightforward, you know, find the Holy Grail. Rescue your dad. Da, 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 da. But well, this one is it's, it's it all goes in over a lot the place. Of, it goes in a lot of directions. And it does involve a lot of like kind of spots all over yeah running jumping climbing trees well and it (laughs) sorry um i just we we talked about this on the on the way home in the first couple of movies yes they found the religious artifacts but there was no effort any proof like there was no proof that the ark of the covenant would kill all of the people like they wanted it to you know like that didn't actually happen um until the end of the movie and here um the it actually does change the time like spoiler alert but like they do actually go back in time well i think okay so once again comparing it to the classic indie films the looking at raiders of the lost ark yes it proves that this thing had some kind of power to it it melts all the nazis but that's the the film is about indy accepting that there is things he doesn't understand and you know and therefore just that little bit of power is enough to get that thematic principle across the search for the holy grail in the in last crusade is not actually the search for the holy grail it's the search for the reconnection with his father so these things are still tied into well, major would... character elements and i think as like like we were talking about the, the use of religious iconography that's something that's tied to our history right. whether you're religious or not that's a part of our history or it can be part of our mythology if you prefer but that's part of us aliens and time travel not so much unless you're watching star trek which i'm not <laughs> so Wait, oh, okay, I get what you mean. Yeah. Um, Archimedes did come up with a lot of cool stuff, but I wish they would have just used something that was true, <laughs> you know, like something that was real. Or we even mentioned this, and again, this is where the spoilers are going to come in, folks. I would have been okay with it if they're flying towards the, the fissure, they're going in, and at the last minute they turn around or Indy stops them, and they never go through and you never know would it have actually worked. Right. I would have said, okay, that's enough. That's that's good enough. There's the mystery. There's the question. And again, that's not the whole point of the story. The point of the story is him moving on after tragedy and all of this and finding a place for himself in the modern world and all of that. But they fucking go back in time and meet Archimedes. <laughs> okay yeah, that was that was too much like they doctor who they did go back in time and meet archimedes that was um like doctor well, who meets I, mr peabody i kind of um 
I want to delve more into the central idea of this or the central the central meaning of this uh, here in a second. But we need to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. And we're back. So I, I feel like in the search for the dial, in the search for all of this, he's... I think you have two different searches going on. I think you have the Indiana Jones one, and then I think you have the Phoebe Waller-Bridge one, her character, um, which her name is, I'm just thinking, I keep thinking Wombat. That's his nickname for Oh, Helena. Helena Helena Shaw. Um, And uh, I think you have two different searches that they converge. And yes, he's looking for his own place, but really like he is trying to figure out how to fix the mistakes that time has caused. You know, he's trying to figure out how, like, is, is it possible that he can regain who he was before? Is it possible that he can reestablish his relationship with, um, with Marion, or is it possible that he is going to be able to find his own kind of found family community? And then you also have the, I think that Helena's search is more along the lines of regaining her morality, regaining her focus and what's important to her. Uh, Because I think that watching her father descend into madness kind of set her on one path but she, I think she wants to come back and, and regain that, that sense of being a good person and having the, the community around you. Okay. So anyways. No, I, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, but I will say, I think in both cases, I think it was not handled really well. Okay. I feel that Indy's character arc in this one. Uh, well, I agree with you. I think that that is what what was going on. Um, it's just it's just very buried. It feels like he's going on this adventure because it's an Indiana Jones movie, and he kind of has to. They try to give the the reason that he needs the stuff because he's been framed for murder, but that's dropped pretty quickly. And then it's just, oh, this is what I do. And I don't know. I don't I don't feel the, the urgency from him. I, I would in... disagree. I disagree with you. I feel like there is an urgency in getting that artifact back from the good guy, or the bad guys. Like, which is kind of the driving force in all of the other ones I as don't well. know. I, I don't feel like he has that urgency or, or the, the personal stake in it so much as this is, I have to get it from the bad guys because they're the bad guys as opposed to, there's a personal personal stake in it for him. I disagree because several times he gives up the artifact to save Helena or your Teddy, who is Helena's little sidekick, her little short round. Yeah. So like, I, I disagree. I, I think that he does have a personal stake in it. And I think I'm not saying he does, he, of it. I'm not saying he doesn't have a personal stake. I'm just feeling that it's, it's not, it was not handled as well i don't know in this one um i think that there are limitations to what you can expect from an 80 year old actor i don't think there are 
<laughs> okay. I, especially when it's venerable, 80. I think 80-year-old actors are the ones that are the best. Okay, but you know? I, I would have to say that I would never hold Harrison Ford up as the most talented actor. Good, yes. Great at being Indiana Jones, but it's not like I'm going, oh man, he must have studied Stanislavski. Like, I, I, I don't see, and, and my thing is, I don't blame the, the, uh, the actor in this one. I blame the writing. Oh, I think the writing is. You always blame the writing. Well, that's where it starts. Because, ladies and you gentlemen know? of the audience, it's because he is a playwright. That's right. He is a writer, so he always blames the writing. That's right. <laughs> I'm also a director, so I'll also blame the direction. <laughs> Which yeah. this one was not directed right. by Steven Spielberg, no. so you know, yeah. um. And I feel, I, I again, I agree with you with Helena's character arc. I believe this movie was trying to be, this movie was, my fear going into this film was that it was going to be too much of The Force Awakens, where it was going to be too much. Panting it down to the next Jedi. Yeah, well, not so much even that. I don't mind that. The too much pandering the hey fans, remember oh. this? <laughs> you know, you know, too many member berries. You know, remember this? Remember the walkers? I remember. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and what it, and I'm happy to say it didn't do that. It had like one really cute um, fan nod, which I thought was really, really good there at the end. Um, but I think what this film was actually trying to be, because you asked this question as the credits were rolling, um, I think this movie was trying to be Creed. That is not what I said. No, no. You, you, you <laughs> asked the question. What you asked was, do you think they are going to try to continue on with, with Helena as... taking over the role? Right. And I do think that's what the purpose of this movie actually is, was to test her out and to see if the fans accept her. And if they like this movie well enough, then yes, they can go off and do a spinoff series with her now. Um, that's because that's what they were going to try to do with Shia LaBeouf <laughs> back in the day. There was a time, ladies and gentlemen, some of you may be too young to remember this, when movie studios thought that what audiences wanted was to have themselves represented by Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> movie studios took this guy, put him out in front of the audience and said, this is your point of view character. This is you. And people rejected that. Yeah. Said, I am not that. Right. Okay. And it's not to say, I think that he is talented. I just think that he is not talented in the way that people yeah. wanted him to be. Yeah. Um. But but anyway. Um, so here's the question I have for you. Is it, would you continue watching a movie with Helena as our main explorer? Um. And Indy, Harrison Ford kind of taking a you know, more of a, a Sean Connery type of role. Well, again, I, I, I think he'd be more of the, the Rocky role, more of the mentor. Right. Kind of thing. Um, it would depend on how it was done. I'd have to see it. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of 50, 50 on this one because again, I, I wasn't, I wasn't very bowled over by her or her character. Well, see, I disagree. I thought arc. she was wonderful in this. You know, I, I, I I was not as jazzed. I think there's potential there. 
when she is if she is the the main character and not having to kind of share screen time i think there's places you can go with the character and i think there's fun things you can do see i so think I, I i feel like this goes back to this discussion we've had where i feel like you're harder on women you always than accuse you me are of that and i do not i i do not believe i i, I feel like you are harder, harder on, on the women harder on women in action roles no, than you are as you on are, men you, you always accuse me of that and i <laughs> and i do not agree okay. i am being honest here. okay well and i i disagree with you on her as not uh, in that role like i think that she brings this really you know snide attitude um the sarcastic kind of you know jokey um fun thing that indie had back in the day you know it, it was a very off the cuff um she can clearly handle herself in all of the stunt scenes that we saw her in mm -hmm. um and without being like super built muscly either just like really being really clever and really smart um so i think that i don't know i would definitely watch a phoebe waller bridge led movie i would be i'd be interested to see what how they did it mm -hmm. and then i would pass judgment <laughs> i think i i i'm not completely won over by this film but i see potential hmm. so i think there i think there's room there but i think she i think she needs the whole movie to herself and to let her character breathe yes as opposed to because to me um i think there's potential there but i don't see a lot of difference between this character and a lot of other characters be they male or female mm -hmm. i think they need to establish <clears throat> her and i think a movie of her own would help her do that um but i don't know i don't know I, I, it's something i'd have to see honestly no, i i i am i am interested to see where they go in the future and maybe it's they don't go in a movie direction you know it is a yeah it is i would wager part of the disney it is so yeah so you, you can see her in a disney plus series yeah like for yeah. sure in a series what? so i don't know we'll have to see what happens in the future um overarching thoughts oh here's a question for you okay who was your favorite callback character moment having marion come in at the end was, yeah was... i thought for sure you'd go with john reese davis i love john reese davis but <laughs> i did feel like his character was there for very much a yay sala you know and aside from that didn't really do much well, i liked so, it because it was like you know indy brought him over and helped him establish himself and you got to see his generations of family there i, I liked that um i did like the marion bit at the end yeah um so and we were trying to figure out i still don't know i don't think antonio banderas was in one of the previous movies no he was he never just, no he was never i I, I I know that from for a fact, and so he just kind of showed up, but that was nice. I I I'm glad to see Antonio. <laughs> Actually, still you know, I got I got to say, I got to say, like of all the characters, young, you know, young, old, new, you know, classic, you know, legacy characters, like 
in this film, the one that caught my attention was uh, one of the henchmen, a gentleman by the name of Oliver Richards. Oh, is other, he the huge guy? Other, otherwise known as the Dutch Giant. Oh, he was massive. Is, and he is a huge dude. Oh, he was so big. And like, I, like every time he was on screen, I was like, oh my God, I want to see this guy. You know, I want to see more of this guy. I want to see this guy. Well, he'll probably be in the next, you know, Creed or whatever. Yeah, he could be the next, you know. Um, Oh, my God. Like, he does, I was looking him up earlier. He does, like, comic book conventions dressed as Krotos and all of this. Like, he's he's just a massive dude. And I, I think it says a little something, not a good thing, that... The character I was most captivated by was the one that had not one word of dialogue. Yeah, well, I think he grunted in in, um, German a couple times. You know. I don't know. I thought that Boyd Holbrook as the, as the, the the talking evil henchman was kind of interesting. I, and I loved um, the, the CIA girl, the Pam Greer character. Like, I loved her. She was like, I was kind of heartbroken when they shot her. So, um, I don't know. I feel like I was at a different movie than you. Mm. (laughs) All right. Overarching thoughts. Um, it's better than the kingdom of the crystal skull. (laughs) Well, that's a low bar. Yeah. But that's, (laughs) that is hurtling the lowered bar. Um, I, I, I just have to say that I it di- it didn't really leave an impression on me. Huh. You know, it really didn't. It was it was there. It was I unlike Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which tasted like having battery fluid in your mouth. Ew. This this movie felt like and I've used this analogy before. Um, felt like chewing gum that had been in your mouth for too long and had lost all the flavor. It's there. It's serviceable to satiate your oral fixation, but it leaves no, no real impression. It's not even, um, this is almost sad to say, um, at least with Kingdom Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, there was stuff there for me to be furious about. This one, I feel like it's just like, okay, that's there. Alexa, turn off the timer. Oh, there it is. The potatoes are coming. <laughs> um, so so that those are my overarching thoughts. See, okay, I feel like if you could take out the chunk where they go back in time um, and kind of rewire that ending a little bit, then... I think it would be a perfectly serviceable adventure movie. Um, my problem with it was that, and they did it with the crystal skull too. They take this action movie and they inject enough sci-fi, super realistic, like super, you know, futuristic. And they do it because, you know, everything's time travel now. Everything's about multiverses and time travel and, you know, folds in the time space continuum. Thank you, Marvel Cinematic Universe. But um I think if you could take that out, um, that would have still been a really good 
movie. If you were just, if you just stayed in 1969, it would have been a really good movie. And you don't have to have those jumps to, for people to enjoy a good adventure movie. And Jungle Cruise proved that. You know, Jungle Cruise was a better Indiana Jones movie than this because it knew what it was supposed to be doing. Um, but if you could take out that little section, if you could just cut it out with a scalpel, then I think it would be, honestly, I think it would be a solid B movie for me. It's a, it's a C minus for me. Yeah. It's a C minus for me. <laughs> and I just, I just, I just believe that there are certain franchisers and certain characters that have a shelf life. Oh, yeah. And I think Indy hit his with The Last Crusade. It was the perfect wrap-up. Right. And everything that has come after that, save for, like, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, but even those were kind of flat. I just... Well, I, I, fans, and I can understand this, I'm one that... We always want more. But you don't, it's like, you know, you don't necessarily give them more. It's like a goldfish will eat as much food yeah. as you give it, and then it'll die. Like, <laughs> you know, I can, I can, and I can understand the idea of you got to, you know, trying every so often because you never know when that's going to stick. I said the same thing about Predator, that they should have stopped that franchise years ago, and then they did Prey, which was right. fucking awesome. You know, well, so, so I you get never it. know. Maybe if they reboot it with yeah. Phoebe Waller Bridge, and it'll yeah. be. So but you, I do think could. they they will have to rethink this idea of stealing artifacts and taking right. them away from indigenous people. Yeah. Like I think that maybe if you have Helena working with the indigenous groups and getting their artifacts back, like maybe that works. Um, but yeah, or like maybe. She takes on the artifacts um, in the American Southwest or, you know, there's all kinds of ways that you could go with it where it does, it's not problematic anymore. Um, but yeah, I think if Indiana Jones is going to survive as a franchise, it is going to have to change at this See, point. See, and I think, I think Indy doesn't need to survive as a franchise. I think Indy as a franchise was done in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And I think some things are just not meant to go. There's a reason why most, back in the day, most film series were three. Beginning, middle, and an end. That's all. And even that's pushing it sometimes. I mean, look at Ghostbusters for I, that. You I know. can understand that, but I would have to say, I know I know a, a, a very handsome movie reviewer who uh, loves his Creed movies. I'm not saying it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm not saying under the right circumstances and the right creative mm -hmm. voice. I mean, I, I could, do think you need new I, blood in I it, could though. go on for another hour comparing this movie to Creed and why, why Creed succeeded where I feel this one failed. But yes. I don't think we want to do that. But here's the issue, is that you're forgetting that before Creed came, there was Rocky V and Rocky Balboa. This isn't That's true. Creed. This is Rocky Balboa. This is not Rocky Balboa. <laughs> I knew not, that would piss him off. This anyway. is not Rocky Balboa. Anyways, uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Our, uh, we will be going kind of back. We're going to be reviewing a different streaming yeah, movie next we got, time. We got, we got some backlog we got to be doing. So we're going to we're gonna be doing a podcast of Palooza at some point, getting a lot of end. 
I'll just throw in this plug here. Uh, we are planning on starting another podcast. This one called Watching Wrestling with My Girlfriend. Yeah. Where we discuss the week in AEW All Elite Wrestling. So if you enjoy what we do here, check us out there. So uh, so that is our, that's what's going on. We'll be coming back with new new reviews soon. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Thanks for having on. Thank you for the impromptu date night, my love. No, always. And as always, drive safe and we will see you at the movies. <laughs>